0: Hey, good to see you today, and uh, thank you for joining our journey through the Bible. Uh, this is a, a new process that we are, have created that hopefully is beneficial to you. Uh, we are going to be going through the Bible in chronological order. Um, basically, the way I'm doing this is the few chapters that I encourage you to read, and I get the high, give you the high points according to me. So that, that may not be your high points, I may choose all the low points in your mind, uh, but but it, it's something that's kind of simple. That hey, how does this apply to our life? Let's look. What does this say about truth? That's one of the reasons. Kind of going into this, we live in a time where people are talking about truth all the time. Well, what is truth? Well, truth better come from here, right? It, it for for us as people who believe uh, in God, it flows from what what we see throughout Scripture, and so we're we're always going to be searching for that. Uh, together. So I th- hope that this will be something that benefits you. Uh, today, uh, on Tuesday, we went through Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Um, you can just join us now, if you want to go listen to that podcast, you certainly can. Um, and if you haven't, we're going to be looking at Genesis 3, 4, and 5 today. Uh, and if, if you'd like, you can pause this, read that, um, and, uh, and then join us. So now we're in Genesis chapter 3. So if you remember where we left off, we left off with Adam and Eve uh, being completely naked with no mirrors to remind them of their nakedness and they were completely unashamed. Right, Which meant everything was as it was supposed to be, as God created things. And what did God say throughout? That things were good. God is a God who desires good. Good for creation, good for us. Right, That is the way that He created things to be. And whenever Adam and Eve had no shame, it meant things were good. right? But we know that that is not where things ended. So now we move to chapter 3. And chapter 3 uh, is a, a very interesting. We could get really caught up into hey, is this snake talking and all this stuff? I, you know, I, don't, I don't know all of that. There's, I, I believe that pretty much what the Scripture says uh, happened, how we understand that and interpret that today, you know what we may come to a few different conclusions, but the basic truths are there, and that 's that snakes are horrible and should be destroyed from the face of the earth. right We should get rid of every snake that is there, and I know there are environmentalists or people who are smart uh, that know that snakes are an important part of the the food chain, right they get rid of certain things man, I, I'll have more mice. I'll deal with the mice. Let's just get rid of the snakes. But that's an aside. I'm not sure if that's a biblical truth or not. You take that one as you will. But we have a new character so from before we had, had God as the character and then of course we have uh, Adam and Eve and now we have creation and, and all of the animals and plants and, uh, and now we have this, this other cre- creature that enters into the picture. Uh, And so, of course, it's representative of Satan in the form of a snake, and this snake decides he's going to cause some trouble. And what way do you cause trouble in a world that is good, in a world that is perfect? Well, you try to mess up the relationship between the Creator and the created. If you can mess up the relationship between the Creator and the created, all of a sudden, things get out of whack. right? God is a God who entered into chaos and He brought about order and function and purpose. And that order and function and purpose is found in a healthy relationship with God because we recognize that, hey, we are the created, which means there's a creator, which means on the hierarchy of things, the creator is above us. right? And that we should honor that, that we should pay attention to the one who is above us. Um, and thankfully that the one who is above us is actually good. God is good, so He wants what is best for us. Right? And so if we maintain that order right, then God begins to clear up the chaos in our life. Right? And He gives us purpose and He gives us meaning because we are in a right relationship with Him. Well, if you want to introduce chaos back into the picture, what you do is you start messing with the order of that, right? And, and so what we have is we see that God had already told uh, Adam and Eve, hey, you can eat from anything out here, except there's this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Stay away from that one, right? That, that's it. Everything else is free game, right? And Adam and Eve are just like us, that the one thing that we're not supposed to do that's what we decide to put our attention on right and and then they get a little bit of help right and this is just so typical right you know think about raising your own kids or try to think back objectively when you were a kid and you can think of all the benefits that you had all the things that you were given but your focus was always on the one thing that you couldn't have right <laughs> we, that that is for whatever reason uh, we have a tendency to do that, and, and, uh, and Satan exploits that. And so the Adam and Eve are there. Uh, you know, I, wish, I wish I could have the interpretation that Eve was all on her own uh, as she's talking with Satan because just for your information, I'm a guy, and I would love to be able to blame all sin on females. That would be so great it would be a lie but it'd be awesome it is blatantly untrue right it is you you really have to twist scripture uh, <laughs> to to make this case and uh, but eve is actually the only one who has the guts to speak to a talking snake right and so so you have the satan that comes in and he is talking to adam and eve they're both there together there's no indication that they're not and he says hey What's going on? Why aren't you eating from that tree over there? And Eve says, "Well, God told us not to," and uh, Satan is does oh what he does so well. He uses truth to convince us of a lie, <laughs> right? And uh, and he he says, "Oh, you you won't die, right? You won't die from that if you eat of that tree. You'll actually and here is the key to understanding all sin. You will be." like God. That's it. That's the, that's the root of sinfulness, is that you will be like God. And so all of a sudden, we desire to be like God rather than to be the created. We would rather be the creator. We want to mess with the order of things. And Satan is great at convincing us that it's justified. Right, And so he says, no, 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 you'll just be wise just like God and He, he doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want you to be equal with Him um, and that's why He's saying not to eat of this fruit. And so Adam and Eve, they eat. Yes, Eve does take a bite first, right? It doesn't matter at all and then he, she gives it to Adam and Adam's like, yeah, I like what the snake said too. And so they eat of the fruit. And, and this, is, this is a, a tragedy, right? Uh, this leads to the rest of the Bible, you know, that, that of, of how people are moving away from God. Um, and and I, I think of Adam and Eve, and again you can get all bogged down into thinking about the snake and thinking about all of this stuff, but here's the reality is the story of Adam and Eve is the story of all of us. That's all of our stories. We have all chosen to be like God. That we have a desire to be like God. And that manifests itself in many different ways. Right? It manifests itself in pride. It manifests itself in getting involved in addiction. It manifests in, in all kinds of different ways. Right? But sin is at the root of it is this desire that we are not acknowledging the order of things, we are not acknowledging the Creator and that we are the created and that we need to be living in this system that God has created for us. A good system, by the way. And the moment that we start to act like God and to diminish God, then that system loses loses some of the goodness and can lose a lot of the goodness and in fact we'll see <laughs> throughout the rest of scripture that a lot of the goodness leaves right and it's not because god has changed it's because we have chosen to try to change the order you know and and it, it's important for us to to always apply this to you and to your life you may be someone who is a very strong christian and has believed in god since You can remember, right? Well, what our tendency can be there is that we can easily start to become self-righteous and we start seeing how other people are messing with this order. You know what? And by doing that, we actually put ourselves in the position of God. And so we don't usurp God, but we're like, "Eh, I'll get up there level with God. Well, that's still messing with the order. Right? And uh, and then there are those, and especially in our society uh, today, that really just don't want to have anything to do with God. They want to remove God from the equation and just put humanity up at the top. And that leads to lots of evil. Um, not not just losing elements of good, but it leads to evil. And that that is why we see what's going on in the world today. People the the easy thing to do is to blame God for everything. It's like, well, well, why did God create this world where there's evil? Well, God didn't create a world where there was evil. God created a world uh, that uh, was where He entered into the chaos and He gave it form and f- function and purpose. Um, but the problem is, is that we have chosen. Well, we don't like the order that God put it in. We want to be as God, and when that happens evil starts to come in. That doesn't mean the good is gone by the way, because God hangs in there with us. God stays involved in this world, but now it has been changed. We have changed it by choosing to be as God. And so the the story of Adam and Eve is the story of all of us. Um, And all of us have made that decision. And so that relationship as we were created in the image of God to be in a relationship with Him, well now that's marred. We're still created in His image, we're still created to be in a relationship with Him, but we have chosen to try to be like Him, which means that that relationship doesn't work very well. right? And and so now we have to deal with those ramifications. And so you see after the result of sin, uh, you see God comes looking for the people, right? He comes looking for uh, Adam and Eve in the, in the cool of the evening. Um, so I'm not sure where he was. Uh, he wasn't in central Texas in summer. There is no cool in the evening. Uh, but he's uh, looking for them. It's kind of this pleasant scene. Um, and the scene is, remember how chapter 2 en- ended? That they were not ashamed. Mirrors didn't all of a sudden get created. But sin entered into the world and all of a sudden now they're ashamed. They're ashamed of being uh, uh, uncovered. And so they feel uh, this guilt and shame and they're hiding from God. Um, Which recognizes that deep down they knew the right order. right? They knew that He was the Creator. And now they're embarrassed and they're ashamed because of what they had done. And so God comes and He addresses them and you can tell it, God's heart is broken. Here's His creation that has chosen uh, to, to go their own way and to kind of take Him out of the picture. So does He destroy them? Does He say, I'm done with them? No. He ultimately actually makes clothes for them. Right? He, uh, he, he acknowledges sin and we see a biblical truth, that there are always consequences for sin. Always. And there's nothing that we can do about that. There will be consequences for our sin. Sometimes it's direct consequences. As you read through those, you'll see some of those things God did. Like he said, okay, now there's going to be pain in childbearing. Right? He I think that's something that God did, but some of it. There's just natural consequences to sin. It's not that God is doing it, it's just that now it's going to be harder. I believe that kind of now that God is kicking them out of the, the garden, he says to Adam, You're going to have to toil and you're going to have to deal with the stickers and the thorns and all of that stuff. Well, if Adam would have remained in the garden, maybe he wouldn't have had to deal with that. But now he's out of the garden and it's going to be hard, right? So sin. Leads to consequences, right? Always. And we have to be careful just blaming them all on God, because so, you know, that, we can get really angry with God. It's like, well, God, why are you doing that? Well, maybe it's just a natural consequence to your sin. God's saying, I didn't do that. You chose to make that decision, and here's the natural consequence, right? That, that's an important fundament, fundamental aspect of understanding sin. And how it relates to God is there are always consequences for sin. And that's not a theological thing, that's just reality because if you try to live outside of the order and the form and the function and the purpose that God created, it's going to lead to consequences that you don't like, that I don't like, that continue to mess with that relationship between us and God because we have chosen to be like God rather than to know our place Right, stay in our lane and be the created that God created us to be. Which by the way is awesome. Right, If we would just do as God has called us to do, it is filled with goodness. But now we're in a world where everyone has chosen as Adam and Eve have. And, and it has led to lots of evil. Right? And so we see that. We see now that Adam and Eve, they are removed from the garden But God does not abandon them. God goes with them. Now the relationship changes, right? You don't see God walking in the cool of the day with them. But they are now in the world and dealing with the difficulties of the world. But God's still with them. And so you see this goes on and uh, Adam and Eve start to have uh, children. And in in chapter 4, you have Cain and Abel. Um So again, what we're seeing here is we're seeing this foundational aspect of the family that god has uh, has instilled and is important and even though the Adam and Eve are now out of the garden, uh, they still need to need to reproduce to to multiply, to create more families, if you will. Uh, we can get all into the weeds on saying, well who did uh, uh, Cain, Mary, and all this stuff? Again, that is not the point of this. This is a, a much bigger point, right? And, and so God has instilled this importance of this family structure. And this is vital for us to understand. The first family is majorly dysfunctional, right? I mean, to, the, to a, an extreme degree. The first family is dysfunctional. All of our families are dysfunctional. Granted, some may be more than others right, by our human standards, but all families are dysfunctional. Why? Because sin is, has infected everything. Everyone has gotten the order wrong. And so you start to see the effects of that. And so the family itself is created by God to be a wonderful building block of society. right? But because of what sin has done, it has made that dysfunctional. And we have to constantly deal with that and to work on our families so that we do not become dysfunctional as much as we can. Right? But to me that should give a little bit of encouragement to you today as you think about your family man, know that you're not much different than the first family. It was dysfunctional too. There's going to be dysfunction in our families, in our relationships. Why? Because of sin. Because we have chosen to change the order and we have chosen to function in the God role rather than letting God function in that role. And so we have to make the choice, no, I'm going to function where I'm supposed to and I'm going to deal with the consequences of sin and I'm going to try to avoid continual sin which just leads to continual consequences. right? And, uh, but, that's, but if other people in your family don't choose to do that guess what it's going to cause? Dysfunction. But that doesn't mean God abandons you. So we see the dysfunction starting with Cain and Abel. And you have Cain and Abel, they bring sacrifices to God. Uh, Abel brings sacrifice of 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 meat, which is actually probably, which is obviously what God had asked for. Cain brings the best vegetables, right? And and sometimes we look at this and like, well, what's the difference? Well, in many ways, there's not, except that it's obvious that God had let them know this, right? That that Cain knew what he was supposed to be doing, and he didn't do it, and uh, and so this is this is very interesting. So God chastised Cain said, Cain, you've got to do better. Right? Well, none of us like to be chastised. And usually our first human emotion is, all right, it's not my fault, I'm going to rationalize this, and I'm, I'm going to strike back. And that was Cain's initial response. And God knew that. And so God actually reminds Cain, He says, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? Right? Why are you downcast? Why are you angry and depressed? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, or is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Oh, this is important for us to understand about the nature of sin. right? When we choose to do things that God does not want us to do, that God has asked us not to do. Because again, I think we can safely assume here by just the way that this, the interaction happened, Cain knew what he was supposed to do. And he chose not to do that for whatever reason. Right? And so that was sinful. That was going against what God had asked him to do. And so that opens him up. Now, that sin opens him up to even more sin. That sin is crouching at the door. And it is important for you. I don't care if you've been a Christian or believed in God for 50 years, for 5 years, for 5 minutes, or that you don't believe in God. Sin is crouching at the door. <laughs> it is right there. It is within all of us. Right? That, that is vital for us to understand. Our default, because of what happened in the garden, right? our default now is not goodness. Goodness. Our default is the tendency to give in to sin. Right? So we have to be taught and we have to choose to avoid it. That's what God tells Cain. He said sin is lying at your door and its desire is for you. It's coming after you. Right? But you should rule over it. God wouldn't have told Cain that he should rule over it if he didn't have the ability to rule over it. temptation can be great and it is great and Satan is good at manipulating that, but listen God has given us the ability to say no to resist those sinful desires. It is hard because sin is always there crouching at the door but we can choose to live the way God has called us to live. Now the reality is as many times we give in Hopefully we don't give in like Cain gave in. So Cain listens to this from God, this wonderful advice, and he says, "You know, I think the way that I'm going to handle that, yeah, I'm just going to murder my brother." That's a completely normal response, right? And so he goes and he murders uh, Abel. You're like, "What in the world? This this took a took a hard left turn." Right? And so Cain kills Abel. And you read that and you're like, "What? what could possibly have caused that kind of animosity? You know what? Sin is insidious. And our desire to be like God, our desire to not be chastened, (laughs) our desire to not be called out is really strong. And sin will use those things to make us do things that we never thought possible. And so Cain kills Abel. So God then visits with Cain again. You would think God had every justification probably to take Cain off the earth, but he didn't. Right? God is clearly upset. He is going to punish Cain. He's going to send him out uh, on his own. And Cain is like, oh, that's more than I can bear. You're like, moron, you just killed your brother. The fact that you're still breathing is pretty good. Shut up and move on. Right? But he's like, oh, no, that's still too much, God. Don't do that to me. And, uh, and so God says, you know what? I'm actually going to protect you. Protect someone who just murdered his brother. Right? And God protects him so that he will not be killed. Right? We, we could get into all of that, but that's the big picture of this. And so we see the grace of God already evident. As much as God despises sin because it, is, it destroys His good creation, He still offers grace. He still offers goodness in the face of evil. That is at the character of who God is. At the character of who we are is the potential to do evil. The character of who God is is that He is a God who hates evil but is filled with grace and will still do all that He can to maintain a relationship with us if at all possible. As we, you continue to read, what you're going to see uh, is you're going to get a list of a lot of new names that you can use for your next child. I encourage you to pick one of those. You'll be very biblical if you do. And your child will not like you when they are in school. But read through those. Read through and what you see is that Adam and Eve, the family, that it is beginning to expand and it is beginning to create more families and it is beginning to create the building blocks of this society. And uh, I encourage you to to read along. Next time, uh, we're going to be reading, let's see, chapters 6, 7, 8, and 9. So 6 through 9 for next Tuesday, uh, we're going to be reading about Noah, which is actually a name that you may want to use today. And your kid probably wouldn't hate you if you named him Noah. But I hope that you have a great weekend. And we'll see you back here on Tuesday.